0: hey
1: everyone it's Jake and Jana welcome back to the podcast thanks for joining us this week
2: and today we have the fabulous Sam Neese here joining us on the podcast hey Sam
0: welcome thank you it's so exciting to be here this week it's been a great week so far too so I'm having a lot of fun
2: And today we're going to talk about something that a lot of parents have asked about and some dancers as well. And that is just how, um, or really I would say what a guest choreographer or guest teacher that's coming into a studio for the first time, what they see and some of what their thoughts are and how dancers can best prepare to have a wonderful experience with that. So Sam goes all over. My gosh, how many studios have you probably been to this year alone?
0: Um, about somewhere between 15 and 20 this year.
2: So he's going all over and working with all these different dancers. And we've talked a little bit about some of the things that can make him eager to work with those students or to make it a great experience and somewhere he wants to go back to. Um, so Sam, what are some things that, that you enjoy looking for when you go to some of these studios?
0: Um, some of my favorite things about working with new dancers is, um, what they, environment is like in the process and so i always like to kick off my rehearsal processes and especially in like a choreography setting with groups and whatnot is um trying to get the dancers to understand what it's like to be in a professional environment a professional environment for me is um full trust in the room so i want everyone to have a good time i like things to be super chill and super anxiety free i feel like if there's tension in the room and then everyone gets tense and it, it just dilutes the process um so I am always super down to have a lot of fun I trust the the dancers to excuse themselves if they're not being worked with in that moment and I'm working with maybe other dancers in the room but my expectation is always you come back into that space we know what we're doing we're better at it than when we left it so that way we can keep moving forward and I don't have to constantly be taking steps backwards with people. And I mean, it goes great usually. I feel like the kids really embrace that immediate trust, especially with someone that they don't know very well. And um, so it's really easy for me to then at that point just focus on feeling challenged creatively and challenging them in new ways to be able to come up with the best final product possible.
2: So I think sometimes dancers, especially dancers that maybe haven't worked with someone that they don't know ahead of time, can put a lot of pressure on themselves that it needs to be totally perfect right away or that they need to show you their very best side from the minute that you walk into the room. And how do you actually feel about that and what do you actually see when that's happening?
0: I just feel like when you come in with that much pressure on yourself, it's absolutely not going to happen. And I feel like that goes for every setting. It's not just working with a new person. It's If you're putting that much pressure in, on yourself going on stage, it's going to be the same result. And mm-hmm. so... For me, it's just how can we get everyone to relax, but it's also like coming in knowing if you're nervous, that's great, but since we're both meeting each other for the first time, we're both getting to know how we are as dancers for the first time, your dancers working with me for the first time, they don't know what my movement's like. There are gonna be mistakes, and a lot of the time I'm making mistakes too. I get stuck, I'm meeting this dancer for the first time, I don't necessarily know what their strengths are, so we're learning about each other as dancers at the same time. And and it's important, I think, for me, for the dancer to get that too. So that way everyone comes in as open minded as possible. If we come in super reserved and trying to be perfect, all you're gonna do is just not be perfect because you're holding yourself to an impossible standard.
1: Mm-hmm. And continue to frustrate yourself in that process. Right, right,
0: because then if you mess up then all you're gonna yeah, all you're doing is getting frustrated for sure.
2: And I've watched it so many times just as different choreographers are coming in, the energy that the dancer or dancers bring into the room does end up having such a large impact on the product that they end up getting Yeah. because a dancer that comes in and is willing to try things and, and make mistakes and fall down and explore, sometimes some of the coolest things can come out of that and the freedom that comes with that versus it has to be perfect.
0: Right, yeah, and it, I mean, sometimes when people fall out of things and it's not exactly how I envisioned it, sometimes I like it a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, just keep that. How can we right. recreate that? For sure, I think the growth is not linear and the creative process is so fluid. And it's just important for the dancers to understand, like, how can I just give my best energy in here? So, Because it's important for them to enjoy the experience too. And I think if everyone's putting that much pressure on their, themselves or they're that... Guarded in their heart and not giving like their fullest and best versions of themselves I'm not getting to know them the way they deserve to be seen and they're gonna walk out of the room probably feeling like that was not the best experience but mm-hmm. it has to be a two-way street as far as giving energy goes and so just coming in giving like your normal best energy as much as you can I understand it's gonna be intimidating and nerve-wracking to work with new people but just coming in really just focusing on giving your best energy so the process is as open-minded and enjoyable as possible. But being with, like you said, being open-minded to it, being okay with messing up, especially in front of someone you're not comfortable with, has to be accepted. Mm -hmm. Um, If you mess up and you feel mortified about it, it's only going to make your life harder. Um, And I really think we can all... um, Help
1: in that process of preparing them.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Is that something that you you. feel
1: like is a common obstacle that you are approaching or trying to work through with students? Is that something that you see on a regular basis or on an intermittent basis?
0: It depends. I think with groups, um, it's a little bit easier to have that open-minded, relaxed experience because the dancers are comfortable with each other in Mm -hmm. the room, so at least they have each other. With solos, it's a little bit harder. I think sometimes... um, that one on one process right off to the start can be really intimidating for the dancer, and so um, it's just getting them to like break down those barriers and I understand like you you can probably try to tell them to come into it as open minded as possible, and they're still gonna be a little bit nervous, but my goal, always, regardless of whether it's a group or a solo, is how can I get the dancer comfortable with me as soon as possible, so that way mm-hmm. we all we have to do is just have fun creating something exciting together that at the end of rehearsal, everyone's excited about the final product. Everyone's going to be excited about that performance. Everyone's walking away from it feeling eager and excited to make it the best thing possible, not only for themselves, but for me and for you guys, the studio owners, and um, how we, it just turns into a collaborative effort, energy-wise, 100%. Yeah.
2: And so I think as parents, we're always trying to set our kids up for success in the best possible way um and we want to give them the right pep talks and the right things but sometimes we're not sure what the right thing is and so I think sometimes it can turn into go in and show this choreographer all the things that you can do best and make sure you're at your best and make sure you've done this and this where really I think sometimes the best pep talks before these opportunities are it's okay to make mistakes it's just just go in and do your best you know and it doesn't have to be so much pressure to show this person yeah. Yeah. perfection in the room.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think for parents, especially making sure the dancer comes into it not nervous at all. I mm-hmm. think like you, the, the parents are the first start of that because you're the one dropping them off at the studio. So it's just making sure that... Because the, dan- the dancer, again, your dancer is most likely already going to be nervous. So yep. it's just making sure that they get out of the car and walk into the studio feeling not more nervous.
2: Yep. As relaxed as they possibly can. Yeah. Ready to...
0: Be their
1: best self in that
0: day. I yeah. just wanted to feel like it would be just another day at the studio. Yep. It's not um, supposed to be yes. something completely different yeah. now that I'm in the room and it's not a normal Wednesday, um, if that makes sense. Mm
2: -hmm, Absolutely.
1: Yep. Okay. So if you had one, um, recommendation for students coming into the process and you had to filter it down to maybe one thing that could help them the most, is there something that you would say?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, think that's a great opportunity for a lot of the kids to start taking initiative um, because I don't know them at all. And so especially in the choreography setting where if they are not being worked with and they have that opportunity to go out and have their own time, are they practicing on their on their own or are they going straight to their phone? I think it's a habit to be able to like, oh I have downtime, I'm gonna go chill, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends, but it's are we, Rallying the group that's not being worked with right now to go practice if no one's following along. Are you just going to practice on your own? Because that's what I'm going to notice when you come back into the space. If Mm -hmm. no one practiced with you, but you practiced on your own, I'll probably notice the dancer that practiced on their own because they're going to have shown improvement. Um, So it's like being able to find and push the dancer in their own personal ways. Like maybe they're not naturally a leader, but I don't know anything about them. So then they... They can try to be a leader. If the people didn't follow suit, then don't become a follower again. Do it on your own. If everyone followed suit, then that's great. Look at that growth for yourself as a person. You just became a leader of a group that maybe you're not normally are in that situation.
2: Well, and I think that's a great point too and something that someone on the outside wouldn't necessarily know. So as these choreographers are coming in, they don't know anything about the dancers they don't know who is usually the leader or who is featured in last year's piece or or anything like that they're just coming in and seeing them for the first time and we don't tell them much of anything before so that that choreographer is able to just see what they see and While one dancer may stand out to one choreographer, a totally different one could to another. So they really are just coming in and seeing what they see on that day. Like
0: Slate, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And to go off of that and to reiterate, I mean, you really haven't told me about these kids when I first started coming here. So I was learning about these kids and their personalities and their movement all at the same time and all with a fresh start. Like there was was truly no... um, There was no No initial idea. Yeah, Yeah, no swing, no initial idea of what I was walking into. Um, It was all for the first time. yeah.
1: I think, would would you agree that that allows you to be way more creative and way more free in your process? When you can just look at a room and go, ooh, this is what I want to create based on what I see versus... Outside factors or dynamics?
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, because, I, I, yeah, I don't know who gets along and who doesn't get along, and nor, nor, honestly, do I care if mm-hmm. I'm here for a couple of days. And so, yeah, I mean, we usually just get started with one big phrase. I get to see everyone move, and then we just start, oh, like going through, going on from there. Yeah,
2: for and sure. I think that should be empowering for the dancers to know too that the way you were dancing a year ago doesn't matter. It's it's what you walk into and what you bring on that day and the same thing goes professionally too no one's gonna know whether you won this award or this award six years ago it's it's what you bring in the moment
0: yeah right and I mean I do think most professional environments like if if a dancer were to go on professionally they um choreographers and directors book Friends, people they know and people they feel people they feel like they can connect with and get along with. So it's just being able to like uh, bring in good energy, good vibes. And they also book people who have that initiative, who will practice, who will work on those things, who that make the final product in, in a professional realm as professional as possible. So it's really like, that's a great way for these dancers to kind of start practicing that on their own even if their intention isn't to be a professional dancer, those can still be applied in other professional settings later on in life.
2: Mm -hmm. So, One thing that we had talked about some this week, and I loved this, it's one of the things that Sam said the first night he was here, is that regularly he's thought about that, and I may even just let you take this and say it as you did, because it's so wonderful.
0: Sure. Um, I'm a firm believer in that you can't as a teacher and as an individual, you can't necessarily make a kid fall in love with dance. You can help them cultivate it if they do love it and you can help that love grow, but you can easily make a kid hate dance. And so as a teacher, I always come into it like what's my best approach to help cultivate a love that they have for it and not have them walk out of the room and walk out of the studio feeling completely discouraged, feeling like they might not even want to do it anymore. Um, and if your kid isn't sure if they love it yet, I mean, at that point, it's just um, curating a space that opens their mind to falling in love with dance and not walking out of the room feeling closed off to it if they're not sure whether dance is their like bread and butter, so to speak.
2: And as he said that, I was thinking, oh my gosh, that's a great thing to say on the podcast as well because I think that can also go with parents too, with the best of intentions that are pushing their dancers to be the best they can be. Yeah. But I think it's rare that anything that we say is going to make a kid that doesn't already love dancing just suddenly fall in love with it by Mm -hmm. anything that an adult says to them. But I think we can make them hate it
0: Yeah.
2: by just a few of the wrong things or too much of the pushing, or I think it has to be us helping them to cultivate this love that they already have
1: and creating that safe space for them to explore and find who they are within this thing that they're interested in. And then they, they they may end up just completely falling in love with.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I always just try to remind myself and maybe this would be good for parents to hear too, is like, am I, am I putting too much pressure on them by giving this comment right now? Um, And It's just like taking a step back from it and knowing that these kids are so impressionable and that they will hear and feel everything that we're saying to them. And they most likely are thinking about it if we're not thinking about it anymore. Like they, They're still somehow, even if it's not right away, like whether they're laying in bed that night or coming into the studio the next day, like some of those comments will resonate with them later on. And it's just making sure that most of that is something that is motivating for them to grow.
2: Well,
1: and I think that all of us, whether it's as the choreographer in the room or the teacher or the parent, like everybody wants the best for those kids. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's out for the best for them. And sometimes as adults, I think the hardest thing is taking that moment to think, okay, what's going to put them in their best mental space to achieve what they want to achieve, what they're out to do today. You know, and that changes. Mm. It's a very fluid thing, right? Mm. Right. Um, so Not linear at all, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, it's a very, it's a very important thing that to to wait and look and go. Okay, what do they need from me today? You know, because they may already, especially if they're already nervous to come in and, and work with a choreographer, they're already feeling that. They're mm. already, you know, ready to come in and. Oh my goodness! I hope he likes me. I hope whatever. Right.
2: And I think to kind of finish this up to one thing that we had talked about at dinner it's always at dinner right before we (laughs) record the podcast but one thing that we had all talked about at dinner tonight was that it's not necessarily always the most talented dancers that create the best um,
1: final product
2: product or environment when someone's coming in to work with them it's more the mentality and the energy that they bring to the room so I think sometimes some dancers can feel like, oh, well, I'm not as good as this dancer mm-hmm. from this other place in the country or this or that, and this choreographer is not going to love working with me, and that couldn't be farther from the
0: truth. Absolutely. Um, for me, I mean, every experience is so different. It's, I walk into every space like it's just a brand new day. Like I'm working with people for the first time, and everything behind me doesn't matter. I'm not sitting here personally comparing Anyone to anyone because it's not fair to these dancers. They're all growing in completely different parts of this mm-hmm. country, and every kid again, growth is not linear, um, even for us as adults. So every kid is growing at different rates, and so just yeah, for the kids to remember, like we're all meeting each other for the first time. No one has any premonitions here. No one, no one has any expectations beyond let's just have a great experience. Like Mm -hmm. my expectation is how great this experience can be for all of us. I feel like my most exciting final products are made when I had the best time in rehearsal and I didn't have to harp on behavior or try to pull more um, open-mindedness out of them. And it was just there and everyone was able to read the room and we were able to have fun and work hard at the same time. For sure.
1: Well, and I think if I can compliment you for a second, I think that's one of the things that you do really, really well at the beginning of a rehearsal process or or a class or whatnot is, and I've heard you say this several times now, which is you're not here for me. I'm here for you. I'm yeah. here I'm here to give you all that I have and I'm here to help you, you know, for this next hour or two hours, whatever it is. And I think that kind of diffuses a little bit of the mm-hmm. um, trepidation or whatever. So, I, you know, I've I've always enjoyed hearing you say that because I think immediately you can see some of the kids go, Oh, okay. Okay, really?
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm free to do me, you know? Yeah. And thank you. Um yeah, and bouncing off of that too, it's I think that's a good reminder for the kids as well going into even a guest class or a master class is um, you're going into this class and you're going to gain something out of it. You're not going to this person's class to watch them do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm here to offer what knowledge and movement I can provide. And I think when it's a new person coming into the studio that doesn't come in every week and every day, all of a sudden the mindset switches is I'm going to this person's class yeah. when It's actually like, I'm just going to another class and this person's teaching it Mm -hmm. this time. And I think that that's actually a good reminder for the kids and the dancers too. And even for rehearsals, like I'm going to rehearsal today, but this person's just doing it instead. And as opposed to just like constantly raising pressure, like circling back to the beginning, just like adding that pressure. That's not, that's not necessary. That's great.
2: So good. Thanks, Sam, nice. for being our first guest on the Dance Parent Sam, Podcast. you did
0: so well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that was really good. I was a little nervous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is there anything that we missed? I think that was great, Sam.
2: Oh, yeah. And so thanks to Sam who came up with this wonderful idea. We are going to be transitioning all of our new episode announcements to Instagram. So be sure to follow us at our new Instagram at the Dance Parent Podcast.
0: I think it's an exciting new step.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sam's uh, bringing us into current time here.
0: (laughs)
1: We're creating a whole brand. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you for doing this
0: and being here this week. Um, We've really enjoyed having you. Mm -hmm. I love coming here. It's been been such a great week. Every day has just flown by, and it's been really fun to walk out of the room feeling like everyone has gained something out of it, including myself. So it's been, it's been really fun. So thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being you special having you in for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure. So with that, um, I think we'll wrap this thing up and we'll catch you guys next week. So thanks again for joining us on this week's podcast. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next week.
2: Bye everyone.